Welcome to the CMC podcast. CMC is one of Brisbane and Australia's leading Bible colleges. We combine a dedication to Christian truth with a passion for spirit life and a commitment to academic excellence. You'll be hearing from a variety of students, lecturers, pastors, and team here at CMC. We pray that these episodes inspire you and help you to influence your world for good and for God. Enjoy. This morning, we're back. We've been away for a few weeks, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm just going to jump straight into it. I hope that's okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever, when I, when, I was, when I was a teenager, I had some friends that weren't very good friends. And I would always have them sort of stay over and things like that. And my mum would come into the room and she'd be like, oh, you got friends over. Aren't you going to introduce me to your friends? And part of me is wanting to hide my friends in the closet, you know, trying to hide these guys because, mum, you don't want, oh, it's embarrassing because they're maybe not the best people. And, you know, um, and that sort of inspired this message. Um, and I've titled this message, Aren't You Going to Introduce Me to Your Friends? Aren't You Going to Introduce Me to Your Friends? Uh, I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Community has the power um, to affect you as an individual. Community has this way of rubbing off on you. And so it's actually very important to surround yourself with the right people. Aren't you going to introduce me to your friends? I, I encourage you, ask you, say that to your, the person next to you. Aren't you going to introduce me to your friends? Aren't you going to introduce me to your friends? Point one, don't be the biggest person in your circle. Proverbs 13 verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Surround yourself with the wise and you too will become wise. Surround yourself with fools and you will suffer harm. Uh, they've actually found that, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but they talk about, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Your friends, you're going to go where they're going. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna draw. You might, you might slightly be different, but you're generally going to go where they're going. Right? They actually found that if you were to think right now of your five closest friends, you would actually have this, the net worth of their average net worth. <laughs> so if you take your five closest friends and you, you added it all up and divided it by the number of friends, <laughs> right, averages, come on now, that would actually be your net worth is what studies show, right? Now, I would go further to say that your spiritual net worth would probably be that of the average of your five closest friends, right? So if, <laughs> you know, your, your, your character net worth, how integral you are, would be the average of your, quite, your five closest friends. Your compassion would be the net worth average of your five closest friends. Your wisdom would be the net worth of your five closest friends. Now, for some of us, this might be a bit of a reality check because we're thinking, mm, my five closest friends aren't very compassionate. Ooh. 
My five closest friends might not be that integral. They're good people, but they're not that good. <laughs> right? My five closest friends might not be that wise. This might be a wake-up check. And I hope it is that you start to think, okay, well, I need to maybe rework my relationships here. I need to maybe find some better friends to get those averages up, right? The, the, the good thing about this is that you can change your averages. And that is what I want to encourage you today. You know, do you have people in your world that show up on time? Or at least let us know when they're late, do we have people in our, is our whole circle always late? Because can I tell you, it's going to be very hard to be punctual if the average is always late, right? Um, are, <laughs> are the people in your world positive or do they just complain? Do they just find things, oh, you know, let's hang out and complain. Let's be buddies over the things we dislike, right? I love what Phil Pringle says. He says that complaining is the language of victims, do we have people that speak life into those spots? Oh, you know, work was tough this week. My boss is doing that thing again. Oh, is there anything you could have done about that? Do we have people that do that? Or they're like, yeah, you wouldn't believe what my boss did this week. And you just compare how bad life is, right? Um, let's get around people that will pray for us. Like really pray for us as if it's the breakthrough that they're after. Do our friends pray? When, when, when there's an issue, do they go, hey, can I pray for you right now? <laughs> or is it, oh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and then bring their problems into the conversation. <laughs> you know, can we get people in our world that pray? Um, let's be people that, um, let's get people that will correct us. Do we have people that can tell us what we are doing is wrong? Do we have people that can say no to us? People that say, hey, you know, you're, you're actually not doing the right thing here. Or do we have just people that are around us that say, yeah, no, go for it. Good. Keep doing what you're doing. There's no consequences. You know, do we, do we allow people to correct us um, without giving them excuses or shutting them down? Are you going to introduce me to your friends? <laughs> who are your friends? Who are, in your, who are in your circle? Point two, iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27 verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 12 verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. <laughs> Have I got witnesses in the room this morning? <laughs> Let me say that again. I feel like i got to read that last one again. Whoever loves discipline and correction loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Don't you just love it when the Bible is just so direct? He just, it's just like, hey, you got to seek out correction. Do we seek out correction? You know, you might not realize, but you're sitting around a bunch of people that carry something inside of them. And it takes humility to recognize that they have something on their lives. But it takes even more humility and discipline to actually go, hey, how do you do that? Hey, how do you do that? Can we recognize the spiritual giants that are around us? <laughs> Can we go up to people and say, hey, what am I not doing that I should be doing? When's the last time we went up to Dr. Jeannie Trudell and said, what am I not doing 
that I should be doing? Is there something you can see, Dr. Genie, in my life that I need to work on? Do we surround, do we, do we seek correction? Do we seek discipline? When's the last time we went up to Pastor Andrew? Hey, Pastor Andrew, I don't know, have you seen anything in my character that I need to work on? And then he pulls out that three-page list. It's like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> but do, do we need, is, are we easy to lead as people? Or, or, or does our leaders have to do this whole sandwich thing and this whole giant journey to get us ready to hear one little inch of correction? Or can we just save them the time and go up to them and go, hey, how are you always so joyful? Teach me something, please. And when they do, can I encourage you, push those excuses down. Don't allow excuses. Oh, you know, I've had a hard week. It's like, yeah, but you, you're, you're not going to grow with excuses. You're going to grow with ownership. You're going to grow when you can own things, when you can take responsibility. When's the last time I went up to Mr. Ash Puth and asked, man, how are you so patient? How do you do it? How do you do it? I mean, I, I have one guy cut me off in traffic and I start praying in tongues. <laughs> Not the healthy kind. <laughs> you know, do we, do, we, do we seek? There's someone right next to you. The, the, the gift of God is that God has put things inside of us, not for ourselves, but to bless those around us. That's how you form a community of faith, by sharpening one another, by rubbing off on one another. Can we be people that get into rooms that are bigger than us, that fail forward, that surround ourselves with people that actually convict us by the way they live? You know, that surround ourselves with people, oh man, I thought I prayed well, and then, I'm, then I walked into this room, and I'm like, oh, am I even a Christian, Lord? You know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever met someone like that, where you just meet them and you're like, all your sort of self-pride kind of thing just gets smashed because you just realize, oh man, I've just got a lot more growing to do. Friends, can I encourage you, surround yourself with people that are bigger than you, that are smarter than you, that maybe work better with money than you, and learn, learn, ask questions, allow their, their iron to sharpen your iron, Right? Which brings me to my final point. It's time to take the wheel. Second Samuel 12, verse 1 through to 7. And a lot of us would know this story. So the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan came to him and said, There were two men in a certain city. One was rich and the other was poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cows. But the poor man had only one little female lamb. That he had bought. He raised her and she grew up in his home with his children, this lamb, right? <clears throat> she would eat his food and drink from his cup. She rested in his arms and was like a daughter. So if anyone's looking for an extra daughter, go find a lamb, right? <laughs> now a visitor came to the rich man. The rich man thought it would be a pity to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared her for the traveler. David burned with anger against the man. 
I solemnly swear as the Lord lives, he said to Nathan, the man who did this certainly deserves to die. He must pay back four times the price of the lamb because he did this and had no pity. You are that man, Nathan told David. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and you rest and rescued you from Saul. That end bit isn't what I'm focusing on. But you are that man. A little while ago, I was, um, I was planning this event. And a lot of the people that I put in charge of different departments of this event um, just didn't seem to care about this event as much as I did. And I was, I was praying to God. And I was like, Lord... They just don't seem to care. They're not showing up on time. They're not doing the right things. They're not caring about this thing that's so important to me. And I was just, Lord, strike them down, right? When you get really upset, you start, yeah, maybe not praying the healthiest prayers. But I was like, Lord, they don't care. This is, I feel like you've put this event on my heart and they just don't care about it. And God so graciously said to me, and I feel like he almost took me under, under his arm, and he just said, Rudolph, when's the last time you cared about someone else's event? <laughs> you know, hey, Rudolph, when's the last time you, you cared about someone else the way you're wanting people to care about your thing? You know, if we were to be honest with our circles, if there's some people in our circles that maybe show up late or maybe, you know, this or that, you know, character issues, maybe things like that. (laughs) Maybe you are that man. Maybe we have this way of drawing to ourselves what's really in there already. And so if you were to be very, very harsh and very um, strict on who's in your circle, you also need to probably take ownership that you formed that circle. You drew those individuals to yourselves. You know, do you pray for other people? When other people are desperate and in need of a breakthrough, do you zealously grab them and go, hey, let's believe for breakthrough right now? You know, are we on time? Do we pray for other people? Do we check on people when they're struggling? Do we try help people around us? Do we bring correction to people around us? Do we actually try to have the tough chats with people? Not to show them that we know more than them, (laughs) but to, to actually help them, to better them, to sharpen them. Are you going to introduce me to your friends? Friends, would we, would, we, would we be intentional with, with our own character? Would we be intentional with who we are? Would we work on ourselves? Would we judge ourselves by our intentions and judge others by their actions instead of the other way around where we have these giant expectations of other people and these low expectations on ourselves? Friends, would, would we start to be intentional with the circles we're surrounding ourselves with? Let me pray. Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing in our world. 
Lord, I pray, God, that this word would just, would just start to stir us, God. Would just start to move us to be more intentional, God, with what we surround ourselves with, who we open ourselves up to, God. And Lord, would we take ownership, Lord? Would we, would we be intentional with our own character, Lord, with our own behaviors? And God, would we continue to move forward and grow and be obedient to you? In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, everyone that agreed said, Amen, Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CMC Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving us a review. You can connect with us on social media at City Point Ministry College or head to cmc.edu.au to find out more about who we are.